It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. I hope you had an absolutely fantastic Labor Day holiday weekend. Remember this, our mission is to serve you so you are empowered with knowledge so you can make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, you know who never takes a holiday? Thieves, con artists, crooks. I'm going to talk to you about how to protect yourself from thieves using modern technology to steal cars supposedly protected by modern technology. And also have an important privacy warning for you if you use Venmo to send payments. So there's a huge rise in the theft of vehicles with key fobs. Criminals are able to work in parking lots in pairs. And they use a simple device that I saw one of recently that you can, I don't want to help people be car thieves, but these devices are readily available online from eBay, from Amazon. You can buy these devices that sniff out the signal that keys are transmitting, a key fob. So when you have that key fob, The criminals are able to steal the signal, and working in pairs, one grabs the signal with what's called a read device that then writes to a new fob, a blank, and you go into whatever store or wherever you're going, and you turn right around, and these criminals are making off with your vehicle. It is car theft made easy. There's been so much talk about the Kias and Hyundais, which had antiquated protection, and it became a TikTok challenge to steal Kias and Hyundais that had old technology. Now we're talking about criminals who figured out how to steal vehicles with a newer technology with key fobs. Now, a couple of things going on. Some automakers are doing one-time-use codes. You know how with credit cards when you shop online, A lot of credit card companies now offer you the option of a one-time use number. So even if a criminal is sniffing around your computer or they are trying to steal through a retailer side, the number they're getting of the credit card is useless because it's a one-time use number. Well, that same idea with some automakers is now being baked into their key fobs where even if a criminal intercepts it with one of these read-write devices, it doesn't do them any good because that was a one-time use code. But a lot of others have a static code. So this is something that's pretty easy to prevent. And Christopher from Clark.com has been testing devices that are little key slot things. You put your key in this little thing that keeps the signal from transmitting. These devices are generally available for about $10 that you put your key in it. You only pull your key out when you need it. Otherwise, it lives in this device that shields the RFID, just like with people with RFID wallets. So I have an RFID wallet in my hand. And so even if a criminal is trying to steal the RFID signal, steal my credit card information, doesn't do them any good because they can't get through 
the RFID wallet. This is the same idea for a key fob. And criminals never stop trying. You know, they adapt to technology that comes along. And technology that's supposed to make us safer or make life easier for us, criminals figure out how to come after that. And this is a case where they do so. So you can look online and find any of these key fob protectors for a variety of praise. Here's an $8 one, $9 one, $11 one, a bunch of them available from many different manufacturers. Gosh, there are a lot of them. And this way, it's just an additional protection. But let's be real here. Yes, there are criminal rings that may be stealing vehicles this way. But why are most vehicles stolen? Okay, I go to a convenience store in Florida called Wawa. It's from Pennsylvania, but they're big in Florida. I have taken to doing something where I park on the side and walk past parked cars before I walk in. And what do I find virtually every single time I'm at Wawa? And I bet you could repeat this at any convenience store. People leave their cars running because of how hot it is in Florida in the summer. They leave the car running saying to a criminal, take me, take me, I'm yours. And they can just drive off in it. And you're like, well, I mean, I left it running, but I got the key. Yeah. How many seconds does it take for a criminal to bash in the window, pop the door open, get in and drive away in your vehicle? Do not Do not, please, leave a vehicle running just so it stays cool. If that's really important to you, buy an electric vehicle. Electric vehicles, you can leave them cooling or heating or whatever while you go in somewhere. And whatever temperature you desire, it's exactly what you want. And nobody can just get in and run off with your vehicle. But if you are a gas engine vehicle driver, please... Don't make it easy for a crook. You ask police officers, they'll tell you over and over again, vehicles that are stolen are stolen because people left them sitting there with the engine running because they were just running in for a second. And that's all it takes for that criminal to run off with your vehicle. Now, Krista is off this week, so we're honored to have Grace with us on this week's podcast. Hello, Clark. I hope you had a, a great Labor Day weekend. I did. So you've got some stuff for me here that we're going to talk about. I questions do. Are we, are we ready for some questions? I'm ready. All right. We have here from Deanna in Illinois. Hey, Clark, I have more of an ethical dilemma for you. While I absolutely love saving everywhere I can, I'm torn when I see a, uh, knockoffs of just about everything on Amazon or any other retailer. We see a lot of it in Timu, Shein. Anyways, the list goes on. Should I spend a little more and support the entrepreneur real business or save a buck lots and buy from the knockoffs? I'm in a very strong financial position and I'm able to support the local companies or originals. Wondering your thoughts as sometimes it's two to three times more. So Deanna, this is a toughie because... When you're buying an individual item, like I was just talking about those key shields, who was it who actually came up with the original RFID key fob blocker? I don't know. And with so many product categories, you're not going to know 
who the originator of that was, who created that product, who brought it to marketplace. I mean, if you do and you want to support the person who did it, that's great. I was in a conversation with a friend who came up with a new product and we were talking a lot about if the product's available for sale on Amazon, how many nanoseconds is it if the product starts selling before Amazon copies it with its own label item or, you know, manufacturers in China or wherever start making an imitation. And so this is a real problem in business. I think the way you stand out, if you developed a product that you were the original developer, is how you stand behind that product. You may say, you know, we invented this. This is ours. I think the warranty you offer is key. I think that's how you can stand out, as you say, lifetime warranty on the item. Mm. You do something where you say, ours is worth more because we're the ones who thought it up and we stand behind what we're selling to you. I think that is a differentiator. All right. We have one here from Ron in Texas. I just purchased a new motorcycle. I financed it. My credit is excellent. And the manufacturer's own finance company gave me the awesome, by today's standards, rate of 4.99% with zero down. The term for the OTD price, 9800 was 36 months, making my payment 290 I have the money to pay off the loan immediately. But now considering piling some money and making 4.99% in a current CD, which is better pay it off in the next few months and not have a payment or pay it off the term and keep my savings. Will each have a different uh, effect on my credit score. I can easily make monthly payments within my current budget. So I would say as long as you can earn equal or exceeding the interest rate of the motorcycle loan, carry the motorcycle loan because it gives you the flexibility of having a cushion of cash in your life. When we get to the point that interest rates earn on that you can earn on savings or CDs declines and it moves significantly below the basically 5% rate that you're paying on the motorcycle loan, that's when you'd pay it off. I'm assuming the motorcycle loan is a simple interest loan, meaning that you can pay it off at any time without suffering any prepayment penalty of any kind. So there would be no rush to pay off the motorcycle loan as long as you're earning in the same vicinity or potentially even more right now on savings or CDs than what you're paying on the motorcycle loan. And speaking of which, there's so much interest right now on what you can earn on your savings that we're updating our guide to savings rates every week now. So you can see the latest deals in the marketplace at Clark.com and make sure that the money you have worked hard to save is working harder for you. Kathy in California, you recently talked about dishwashers and how they earn low marks. We went to our favorite appliance store to replace our still working dishwasher because we felt it didn't get dishes very clean. The owner asked if we pre-cleaned our dishes, and we said yes. He explained that new detergents have enzymes that need soil to activate them. He said to try to scraping off our dishes rather than rinsing them completely off, and it worked. Our old dishwasher now cleans so much better than before. So we saved on buying a new one that would have done the same thing. 
Thanks for all you do for us. Okay. So, Kathy, I cannot thank you enough, but especially the owner of that appliance store. Listen to the ethics that you describe. Here were you right in the store ready to ditch your perfectly working dishwasher and give him a sale on a new one. And he did beyond the right thing. He said, you know, let's try this first. Don't throw that thing out. Let's see if we can make it work better. And this goes back to something that I've had ongoing animated conversations with my wife about for a (laughs) long time is it's this culture of washing dishes before you put them in the dishwasher and follow this guidance. Scrape off any food on the plate, but put it in still dirty. Do not pre-wash it in the sink and the dishwasher will do its thing. You'll save a ton on your water bill and the dishes will come out as clean or as in her example, cleaner. Try it. You'll like it. And coming up ahead, there's something that people are doing and have done for years that is not safe for you. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do when you're paying somebody online that will protect you and protect your identity better than you're likely doing right now. So I've talked in the past about the problems with Venmo Cash App and Big Bad Zell. There's a problem with Venmo that I've not talked about in probably two or three years. Venmo started out originally as a social music sharing site and only 10 years ago became a payment service. And that's when Venmo became a big success. But Venmo, at its core architecture, has always been about sharing and connecting in ways that you do not intend or even know is going on using Venmo as a payment platform. Venmo shares over shares all the time. So with Venmo, who you pay, what you're doing, all that, is shared unless you override the settings. And the problem is anybody can look and see what's going on in your life and try to get into your wallet eventually. It was funny because it was a New York Times story where a reporter wrote first person that the reporter had no idea that he was sharing all this very personal financial information with whoever wanted to see it, who he didn't even know who was on Venmo. And that's because people don't know that Venmo is set automatically to share and overshare whatever they know about you and who you're paying and what you're paying for and what you're doing and where you're going and all that, unless you change the settings. In fact, Newspaper reporters, when they're writing a story about someone in public life, are going and they're checking to see if they have a Venmo and seeing who they're hanging out with, and it's helping them in their investigative reports that they write about politicians and other public figures. 
So you're not a public figure, but do you want to be sharing all your laying your financial and personal life out in the open where a determined identity thief can use that information to come after you? So Venmo is set up to share the payments you make and the payments you receive, who they're from and all that. But there's a very simple setting on Venmo to lock them out. So when you are receiving or paying, there's an option to make it all private. Take a moment to do so. And remember my key rule, when you use Venmo or Cash App, never, ever, ever, not ever, pay someone who is not a friend or family member. Do not use it ever to pay a stranger because you have zero consumer protections. Even with the problems with Venmo and Cash App, it's little league compared to the big league problems that Zelle causes for you. Do not activate Zelle on your checking account at your bank or credit union. If it is activated, kill it. Do not use it because Zelle is so much more dangerous because it is embedded into your checking account, into your relationship with your bank or credit union. And that's why the Zelle fraud is so much bigger a vulnerability because criminals impersonating your bank, if they ever get information from you, they can empty every penny out of your bank account. Remember, big, bad, Zelle, never use it, never activate it, never have it, never accept a payment from anyone over Zelle. Never, 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 not ever, until Zelle does what the bank said they were going to do January of this year, and it's now September and they still haven't done it, to put in place consumer protections for Zelle, and they didn't do it. They lied when they said they were going to do it, and you as a consumer are laid wide open to have all your hard-earned money stolen from you if you use Zelle, period. Grace? This is from Austin in Georgia. My mom, Kelly, listens to your podcast all the time, and she told me you were talking about the new T-Mobile auto pay policy and asked me if I switched our phone bill to a debit card so we can get the discount. I said, yes, I've switched. But I also told her there is a way to still pay with a credit card to get your points and get the auto pay discount. All T-Mobile requires is that a debit card be on file with auto pay when the bill is generated. After the bill generates, you can log into your account and pay the balance with the credit card. Then when the auto pay runs, there won't be a balance on the account and you won't be charged on your debit card. Hope this makes sense. It does. And uh, this came up before. And I've been reluctant to say, let's all just do this if we were T-Mobile, because I'm worried that at some point T-Mobile is going to close this loophole. And anytime you pay with a credit card, even if you have auto pay set up with the debit card. But as long as, as it works, this is a good workaround people are doing. And T-Mobile has really deteriorated, in my opinion, as a cell phone service. Now, when T-Mobile got federal approval to take over Sprint, they promised in filings and publicly that they would increase 
employment at the new T-Mobile. Instead, what have they done? Laid off thousands and thousands and thousands of people again and again, which you probably experience with the deterioration in customer no service at T-Mobile. Second, T-Mobile was required when they bought Sprint to freeze rates. And T-Mobile does live up to the letter of that, not the spirit. Because T-Mobile does, when you're in a rate plan, you stay at that price forever, which is superior to what is happening right now to people with AT&T and Verizon. But what T-Mobile has done is they've come up with one new rate plan after another, after another, after another, with additional benefits to try to migrate people into more expensive plans. So T-Mobile that used to really be the differentiation in the marketplace, the uncarrier that had the CEO, John Ledger, who made it his job to make fun of who he called dumb and dumber, which was AT&T and Verizon. Now T-Mobile is dumbing down too, breaking that special trust that they had built up as a different kind of company than traditional bureaucratic lumbering organizations like Verizon and AT&T. And now they're trying to become a lumbering, sleepy, not very friendly corporation to consumers. You know, it's so hard to build a special relationship and trust with customers. And T-Mobile seems to have lost that just as they did when they suddenly said, oh, well, you get an auto pay discount. But now if you're going to get an auto pay discount on an already existing plan, you have to no longer use a credit card because that way we're going to be able to have a backdoor price increase on you. So I'm a little unhappy with how T-Mobile is behaving. You never want to stoop as low as being like Dumb and Dumber. I know, it's sad. I've been with T-Mobile forever. Okay, this is from Patrick in Connecticut. I am 26. I maxed out my military TSB, currently about $60,000 in it. Should wow. I still maxed out my Roth IRA too? It has about 30000 I would like to start building some liquidity outside of savings accounts so I can start working on towards large purchases. Got to put my money to work, right? So, Patrick, first of all, you are my hero for serving in the U.S. military. Thank you very much for your patriotism and your service to country. And you're my hero again because 26 years old, you get the whole drill about being a max saver. Maxing out the thrift savings plan? All right, this is awesome. And you're maxing out a Roth IRA. Awesome again. And at 26, already closing in on $100,000 save for your retirement. This is great stuff. On the other hand, it sounds like you have a savings account. Nothing wrong with building up a reserve in a savings account. Everything right about it. Do your investing in your TSP and your Roth IRA and just build up your savings account as you've been doing Keep doing that to beef up the money for large purchases. So there's not a change I would make if I were you, except one thing you did not say. You didn't say if your military TSP is a Roth TSP or traditional. 
You want to be in the Roth TSP, not traditional. You want that money growing tax-free to ultimately be spent tax-free. Dustin in Arizona. I received a letter from USAA that stated effective September 8, 2023, eligible checking accounts will be automatically enrolled in in the standard overdraft setting. You can request to change your accounts overdraft setting to auto decline by completing the steps outlined on how to manage overdraft setting sections of this letter. They are forcing me to opt out of their overdraft extortion protection. What happened to the federal law preventing them from doing this? I thought banks were no longer allowed to sign me up for overdraft protection unless I opt in. So, Dustin, we're going to be all over this because so many of our podcast listeners and viewers are USAA members, both current military and former and family members of military personnel And I am aware of no change in federal regulations that allows USAA Federal Savings Bank to automatically enroll people in overdraft, quote unquote, protection. Overdraft protection is a complete ripoff. And we're going to find out if this, if USAA has found a loophole or if they are in fact in violation of federal law. And we will let you know and others know, because this is very, very disturbing to me, USAA is supposed to be there by and for its members. And if it is, as you say, that they are auto-enrolling people in overdraft junk, that's a real problem for me, because even if the regulations have changed, which I am not aware of and have seen nowhere, it is abusive of USAA members to do auto-enroll in something that hurts them, not helps them. Now, your bank or credit union, wherever you bank or have your credit union, they're going to pitch you hard for overdraft protection. But it is an unconscionable ripoff scheme with massive fees involved with it. That's why they're now required to get your permission to do so instead of as banks used to do what allegedly USAA is doing later this week, auto-enrolling people in it. And so we're going to get to the bottom of it. And I would be very surprised that USAA Federal Savings Bank would be doing something that's violating regulations, which makes me worried that there's a change in the regs we need to know about. In either case, we'll let you know and we'll update your fellow listener and viewer. So I want to tell you that we update the best deals for you every month. And the new update this month is on a variety of electronics items, TVs, grills, other things. If you go to Clark.com slash monthly deals, you'll be able to see the latest there is. Because remember what we're about here. We're about you saving more, spending less, and avoiding getting ripped off. And I hope that every single day you listen to the podcast, we meet that standard for you. And I promise you at Clark.com, at Clark Deals, with our newsletters, that is our goal every single day is to serve you better 
with information you can trust that you can put to work in your wallet. Have a great day.